So if you have been going to church for any length of time, you may notice that a good portion of a church service is spent singing songs, at least to some degree. And I don't know if you've ever wondered why that is. No? Okay, well, cool. And that's why we're doing this sermon series. That's, that's, that's great. There's a couple reasons why we sing songs in church. One is so we can all be awkward together. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. So we can make a joyful noise, right? One is, is really, it's an act of obedience. So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So Paul says, hey, this is an expectation for when you gather, gather together. But there's something deeper in that as well. There's something about singing that expresses something that's deep inside of our hearts. It's an outward expression of the gratitude that we have because of who God is and what he's done. And songs take us back to an instance. It takes us to a time and place. I mean, it's very emotional. It's a very feeling thing. Um, they can take us back to a relationship. They can get stuck in our heads on repeat for hours this past week. For some reason, I don't know why, I hadn't been listening to the Beatles lately, but I had Yellow Submarine stuck in my head. And I don't know, by the way, you're welcome for that. We all live in, is that, does that help you? Or is that, okay, does that work? Sweet, all right, gotcha. Uh, I, I don't know why that was in my head, but it, but it was just there. Songs have power. About nine years ago, a guy named Igor, I, I would butcher his last name. He was in northern Russia, and he went out to go fishing. This is a true story, by the way. Happened about nine years ago. Went out to go fishing, and out of nowhere, he was attacked by a bear. I mean, he's in northern Russia, right? So it's kind of, kind of expected. So he's going out to f his fishing spot. He gets attacked. I mean, he's getting, he's getting messed up. I mean, he's being mauled by a bear. And all of a sudden, his phone goes off. Somebody calls him. His ringer is on. And... The ringtone scared the, the bear off. Do you know, want to know what the ringtone was? It was Justin Bieber's baby. <laughs> Which brought us the classic leery, lyric, uh, baby, baby O, I think. I don't know. Is that, is that what it is? Something, something like that in the chorus. If you know what it is, I don't want to, like, you don't have to tell me. It's, it's cool. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. Uh, apparently, the bear was not a believer. That was a slow burn on, on that one. Uh, now, you know, this, this guy said that his granddaughter is the one who, as a prank, put it as his ringtone on his phone, that it wasn't actually his favorite song or anything like that. But who, who, actually, who actually knows? Let's be honest. You've got to say something, right? You don't want anybody to know that you're, you're a Justin Bieber fan. Uh, songs, songs have power. It literally saved this guy's, this guy's life. I would run if I heard that song as well. Songs have the power to evoke emotions, power to make you think or feel a certain way that can take you to a moment in your past. Songs can convey truth in a way that can't always be expressed adequately just by, just by saying something. And we get this huge book of Psalms right in the middle of our Bible. So it's in the Old Testament, but if you were to just kind of open up your Bible, the book of Psalms is right there, and there's 150 different chapters. We're not going to go through all of them. That would take us a few years uh, to get through. So just, just to let you know, uh, it's, it's not years in the Psalms. It's, it's just uh, summer in the Psalms. So we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at several different uh, Psalms because the Psalms are, are, are a few different things. They're songs, sure. They're poetry. They're prayers. They're, inward, uh, they're outward expressions of the inward things that are happening in our lives. Not always necessarily just the things that God is doing, but the way in which we experience our world. Because sometimes, uh, yeah, we use words to describe them, but they're deep 
intimate feelings with which we don't always know what to do. And, and some of those are just meant to ex- be expressed and to share, to be shared with God because it, it helps us with our uh, perspective and how we see God moving and working in our lives. Uh, so the book of Psalms is a book of collected poems, songs, and prayers, the works of a lot of different writers who pour out their hearts to God. And we see a ton of emotion through that. And not just all the happy stuff. Uh, it's fine to, you know, have puppies and rainbows and clouds and cotton candy and all that kind of stuff. But there's despair as well, in addition to joy and hope. There's doubt, there's loneliness, in addition to love, there's awe, there's sorrow and regret. All the emotions, the entire spectrum that, that we experience in our life. Um, some of the psalms are meant for corporate worship in the temple. Some of the songs were written out in the fields watching sheep. Uh, there's a lot of different stories, a lot of different emotions. Uh, their prayers, conversations with God that convey some of our most pervasive thoughts and heartfelt desires and soul deep, deep needs. And just like music has a particular rhythm, our lives have rhythm and our spirits do too. But there's one constant through it all, and that's God, who is the only one worthy of our praise and creates beauty out of the rhythm of our hearts and lives. And so whether our lives seem in the moment like a symphony, or maybe it seems more like jazz, or maybe uh, it seems more like a Justin Bieber song, God gives us structure and a resolve that brings us into harmony with his creation and his will. So today we're going to start off with Psalm chapter 103, because Psalm chapter 103 is a psalm of praise. And it sets, praise sets the tone for how we think about and approach God in our life. Uh, This psalm was written by David. Of the 150 psalms, 73 were written by King David. This is the King David that took on, defeated Goliath in his younger years. This is the same guy that became the second king ever in Israel. We actually talked about King David as someone who modeled friendship last week. That was actually before he became king. Uh, This was a guy who was called a man after God's own heart. And he had a deeply flawed and complicated life. And yet David shares so much of that. Through his, through his heart and through his words in the book of Psalms. Like many other big names from the Bible, we know about the highest of highs and the lowest of lows of David's life. There are times that David seems like he's all over the place, but there's a steady constant in the rhythm of his life, and that is God. And that's why ultimately he's called a man after God's own heart. One of the reasons that we make the commitment with God to come together every Sunday and sing songs of praise is that they teach us and they remind us of who God is, what God has done, and what he will do. It helps us to recognize that our soul and our spiritual life are sustained by the Holy Spirit, and that through all the ebbs and flow of life, if you're at a high high right now, or if you're at a low low right now, or if you're kind of, I don't know, somewhere in between, either going up or down, the constancy and supremacy of God is worthy of our praise. And so we're going to take a few chunks of Psalm chapter 103 at a time, because There are kind of three progressions of praise that David uh, identifies as he expresses these words to God. So let's start with the first two verses. David writes, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so David starts off with personal praise. Uh, That's one of those things that maybe, I I don't know, um, maybe praise is something that historically or traditionally you've only experienced when you come together on a Sunday morning. And maybe that's not something you, I don't know, feel comfortable or even think about expressing during the week in a, in a, in a meaningful way. But this was something that was really important to David, and this is kind of where it started for, for him. Uh, David is about to uh, talk about some of the many blessings from God that he himself 
has experienced. And, and so much of what he's about to write uh, needs a place of preparation. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe we come to church and we're looking for something particular for uh, church to uh, accomplish for us. But probably the better attitude and the one that David kind of uh, shares with us as he starts off with talking about his own innermost soul and God connecting with that is, is that maybe we should come uh, prepared to church because as we gather together and worship together, it's not actually about us, but it's about God. And it's about what we're bringing to him together when we worship. And so David starts off with pausing and praising God. Because we need to be reminded of who God is, how big he is, his incredible love for us. And this was out of the overflow of David's heart and love for God. He says, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his name. And at some point in our relationship with God, this is a place in which God wants us to be with him. Is that in, in our innermost soul and in our innermost feelings and in, in, in our depth of emotion, we are able to praise him through the rhythm of life. And this is where praise starts. It's, it starts within us. It's not a physical action. It evokes physical action, but praise is an inward thing that we express outwardly. When we praise the Lord, we, we see who God is and respond to it. And, and the outward action, you know, sometimes it's singing, but there, there's kind of a classic picture for what worship or praise to God looks like. I, I don't know if you know this, but this is kind of a running joke in, in church, for church staff because anytime you look for an image of people praising, like that's the stock photo, that's literally a stock photo of praise uh, right, right there. That's the first, first, uh, first thing that came up when I, when I searched. Stock photo of praise, what does it look like? Well, it looks like I don't like raising my arms because my shirts are never long enough so I get self-conscious, like, y'all don't, don't want to see my belly button, you know, raising. So, so like, I'll go here, you know, how, how about that? But, like, that's the classic image is that we're going to, you know, this is the outward expression of praise is I'm going I'm to raise my, raise my arms just, just halfway, though, right, just, just so I can let you guys know I'm reasonable, right? And there's so many different, different ways. Sometimes the one hand, that, that kind of thing. And those are great. I mean, physical, phys, physical expression. Uh, it's absolutely not wrong to lift up our hands. It's, that's a completely good thing. Uh, but the, what's really interesting is that there are a couple of different types of postures of praise. So when David says this, the word praise that he uses here is barak. Um, and that actually has uh, the meaning of kneeling before God. So uh, I, I think there's kind of uh, something to be said about how, how we think about who God is and the perspective with which we come to him. Because sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, God, you know, like we... I'm ready. Give me all the things that I deserve and that I want from you. You're like, I, I, my arms are open. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to catch like every, everything that you have. Uh, but there's also the sense in which we come to God completely humble, recognizing his, uh, his, his sovereign nature, that he is the creator. He is holy. He's glorious. And, and that idea of just getting down on our knees, which I would do right now, but I'm not sure if I would get up. And and, and prostrating ourselves before him, recognizing that he is Lord, he is king, he is creator. Praising is singing, sure, but it's also a posture that we have before God. And, and I, we come to these words and maybe we ask ourselves, when, when's the last time I really came to God with a posture of, of kneeling? I mean, why would we? David continues in Psalm chapter 103. He says, because God forgives all our sins and heals your diseases. 
who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Like we talked about, David's had a lot of ups and downs. I mean, he's had his life threatened, uh, multiple brushes with, with death and life. There are plenty of times the odds were stacked against them. David made unforgivable mistakes. He sinned in unimaginably bad ways. He'd been called out directly by God. He suffered the consequences, and yet he praises God and lists God's blessings, his forgiveness, his healing, his redemption from destruction, his love and compassion, his satisfaction and renewal. He didn't attribute the blessings in his life to his hard work or his good luck or good fortune, but to the goodness of God's grace and mercy. And that's why it starts with us. And it starts within our hearts. It starts with our perspective and what God has done in our lives and what he continues to do, uh, especially because we don't deserve it. Because many of us, all of us, like David, come to God and, and uh, our, our lives are, are not where they ought to be. None of us come to God with our lives perfect and, and where they should be for us to be, um, you know, I don't know, just... just uh, ready to receive all the blessing that we deserve. Because that's not how it starts off. And so this personal praise gives us with that starting perspective of, God, man, I, I don't even deserve to be here in this moment in your presence. But man, I'm going to give you glory because you, you allow me to be here anyway. And all of the goodness that you have given in my life, I'm here and I'm willing to praise you. And when I say here, I don't mean just here in this room, in this building, in this moment. I'm talking about within our lives throughout, throughout the week. I mean, you could start off every day of your life with an exhaustive list of all the ways in which God has blessed you with goodness in your life. If you think about the ripple effect of all those things, his love, his grace, and mercy, and how that's been applied in every single area of your life, every single facet in the way that God takes care of you and provides for you and me, um, that, that list would continue to go on. David doesn't just stop with personal praise, though. There's a, there's a progression from that. It starts with us, and we bring that praise together and become something more. So we start with personal praise, but then it moves into corporate praise with one another. In Psalm chapter 103, uh, David moves to a, uh, a plurality of praise. In uh, verse 6, he says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger, anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. So David has this perspective deep down in his own life, but he sees God working this out uh, much more expansively throughout the life of the people around him as well. God is gracious and compassionate. He, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. And this is worth praising because it affects us not just as individuals, but as an entire group and how we experience life. Sometimes we just need to look at the big, bigger picture and see how God is moving. Because sometimes we approach things, okay, like that, that's cool, but God, you know, is God moving into my life? Like what's happening right now? What, what's the thing that he's up to and doing uh, right now? Well, how about like looking just, just a little bit outside of ourselves and looking around us? And, and that's why it's so important that we're in relationship with other people and we praise corporately together is because sometimes it's, it's meant for us to look and see how God is moving in the lives of people that are with us. And it's not just about us. 
And that's where some of our encouragement and praise comes from because we get to look and see the powerful movement of God in somebody else's life. Some of the things that maybe we're not experiencing ourselves, but it's not just about us. Other people uh, are experiencing how God is moving in their family or how God is moving in our church. Sometimes a, a narrow focus if we're already saying, well, God, you haven't done these things yet, so I'm, kinda, I'm not sure if I'm ready to praise you in this moment. Uh, that narrow focus can cause us to miss the forest for the trees. Uh, David continues in verse 11. He says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. There's so many, so many things within that passage that we can unpack uh, that just changes how, how we experience this life together because of God's goodness. One, one of the uh, images that David, uh, one of the pictures that David paints there is, is that as, as far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions. Uh, the reason he uses that imagery is because that's an unending distance. So north to south, they're, they're poles. And, and so that's why, J, that's why David uses east from the west. He doesn't just say, hey, there, there's these like equidistant you know, spaces here in which we can, uh, we can separate and kind of see how big God loves us. No, he says it's expansive and it's eternal. Because you can go, keep going from east to west and keep going and keep going and keep going, and it never ends. The, the past that each of us have, the sin that we may bear, the, scar, the scars or the pain of, the consequences uh, which we have faced but yet don't bear the ultimate punishment, collectively, God blesses us for us to be able to see those things in one another, another's life. And the communal faithfulness that we share as we worship together is an encouragement for us to see how God has moved in each, and every one of, in each and every one of us. The grace and mercy that overshadows our shortcomings comes in the personal redemption God has for, for us, but it also comes through the covenantal relationship we share with each other as disciples of Jesus. Something that's shared um, with each other, with our friends, generationally through our families, that's how we share this corporate praise it's a pouring out an extension of the fullness and completeness God's compassion had, that God's compassion is for us and that cannot be contained within our own being. It's meant to be shared and expressed. C.S. Lewis in Reflections on the Psalms says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. That's why, when, that's why when we're excited about something, we want to share it with other people. We have an experience that's been amazing for us, we go tell someone. We don't keep it to ourselves. The Scotch Catechism says that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But we shall know then, we shall then know that these are the same thing. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. We have so much to praise God for. Personally, we have even more to praise God for collectively because of what he does in each and every one of us. 
And so this progress of praise, it's gone to David personally, and it starts there, and it's expanded from, from beyond that, from personal corporate, uh, but then it goes even further from personal corporate that, that God's praise and the deserving of praise uh, is, is universal. All of creation points to and expresses praise to God. In Psalm chapter 103, uh, David continues, uh, and these are the last four verses of the psalm, and he says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. There's one more sentence, but I'm going to save that here for in a minute. Everywhere is God's dominion, and everywhere expresses something glorious about God. Because everywhere we look, if, if we have the perspective to see, and I know sometimes, um, we, you know, we get caught up in the busyness and bustle of our lives, but if we would just kind of look up or look around just occasionally, we'll, we'll see something so far more expansive uh, outside of our own personal bubble and even our own corporate bubble that, that we have here amongst our friendships and our relationships, that there's something so much bigger at play here that's pointing uh, to, to God's glory. We see his creativity in the world around us. And, and even that is worthy of praise, just in and of itself. We see a master artist in the sunrise and the sunset. I think sunsets are prettier because I'm not a morning person. We see his bigness as we look at the stars. When's the last time you just looked at the stars? I know, light pollution here. But just drive like 30 minutes out. You know, Goosen County is a great place to be, to be able to see the stars. Just look, look at the stars. You see the power in the mountains the Blue Ridge foothills, you know. Uh, we see a glimpse of his image in humans who bear his image. We see complexity in design and in DNA. I mean, despite, despite all of our corruption because of sin and despite, you know, so many things in the world being broken, uh, his beauty still shines brightly through if we have the eyes to see. It all points to God. Even in the heavenly places, God's creation gives glory because they know who he is. Which is interesting, because sometimes the closer we get to someone, the more we know about their junk. You know, it, it gives us less reason to, uh, to, to praise them. But even God's creation that's closest to them here in this moment, in the heavenly host, they praise them. They praise him. And even though they have been with him forever, they still have not, you know, gotten tired of his glory because of who he is. In, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, uh, the four living creatures... Praise him with the words, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The 24 elders in heaven in Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 uh, continue to praise God and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Uh, there's so many ways in which, so many perspectives that help us to progress in this opportunity that we have to praise God for everything about who he is. And the final sentence of Psalm chapter 103 just says, praise the Lord my soul. And this, this is kind of the conclusion that, that David comes to. He's ultimately like, here, here, are so many, here are so many ways in which we can, we can see who God is. So many, so many opportunities in which we have to praise God. So many reasons that, that becomes um, an inexhaustible uh, list that inexhaustive list that, that we could continue to write and write and write and never, 
never come to an end of why we should participate in praising God. But ultimately, David just says, hey, this, this, is, this is something that has got to reach our inmost being. Praise the Lord, my soul. Participation in praise, it orients our lives around the rhythms of God. Because listen, there's so, many, there's so many other things that we get caught up in, and that's why we need these moments where we just stop and we say, regardless of what else is going on around us, we just need to reorient our lives. We need to be reminded. We need to be taught. That's why we do this every Sunday together, who God is, despite everything else that's going on around us. Praise is an outward expression of an internal gratitude. It orients us to our creator. It helps us set everything right. You ever, you know, button up your shirt and you realize you miss a button and everything's kind of off, off kilter? I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like that. Without that perspective of praise and praising from our soul and the outpouring of that, it, it just, it, life is just off kilter for us because we don't have the perspective of our creator and our Lord and Savior. Um, it, it orients us to our need for a Savior. On our own, we're broken. On our own, we're not enough. On our own, we'll never, we'll never make it. And so there's some of the expressions that David shares within those words. Like, hey, here's some of the brokenness in the world, and God, here are the things that you do to take care of them. He sends Jesus as our Savior. And the Psalms slow us down. This, this praise helps us to, um, you know, we don't, you know, it's hundreds of chapters, right? So oh, I've got to read through really quickly. They aren't meant to be burned through and checked off. They're meant to be felt, meditated on, sung, and prayed to penetrate down to our souls. They have a place in the rhythm of praise that we participate in. And so I, I just want to encourage you to do this one thing this week, is, is write a psalm of praise. You don't have to share it with anybody. This is not like hashtag song of praise, uh, you know, song of praise on Facebook or anything like that. Um, this can be just on your phone, and you can delete it, whatever, whatever you want to do. I just want to encourage you to, you know, David, nobody came to David and said, you know what you should do? You should write 73 psalms. No, this is an outpouring of something that was happening in his soul. And I just want to encourage you this week to, whether it's four lines or, you know, it doesn't have to be like 119 verses or anything like that, um, to write a psalm of praise, to sit down and, and to take a moment and talk about the gratitude. Think about the gratitude from our hearts that's an outpouring of what God has done in, in your life. Um, you don't have to show it to anybody. It can be between you and God. If you're feeling real spicy, uh, you can share it, you know, with, with somebody. Um, songs have power. And, and maybe you haven't been saved from a bear attack because of your ringtone. Um, but chances are that there are songs and prayers that have represented the things that have shaped you in the ups and downs and the rhythms of your life. And the question for us is, what, what song ultimately do we sing? What song do we sing with, with our lives? The Psalms are a reminder for us to pray and to praise, to remember how God fills us, our souls to the point of overflow. As David writes in the first two verses, he says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. May our lives move to this, this rhythm of praise, to the exclusion of all others, and our hearts and minds reflect what God has done and is doing in our soul. Let's pray. God, we all have, um, we all have deep experiences and feelings and emotions that connect with our souls. And God, some of those things are, 
as a result of the consequences that we have faced in a world broken by sin. But God, you, you give us, a, you give us a, a brand new song and a whole different rhythm with which to approach life. And God, you give us the opportunity to praise, to remind us and teach us of what that song is so that we are guided by, by that rhythm versus all the others that, that vie for our attention. So God, we just ask that you work in your Holy Spirit to remind us of, of the ways in which we have to praise you. Uh, all the things that you continue to do in our personal lives and lives of those around us and, and just, the, uh, just in the uh, state of being, um, the existence that we find ourselves in and uh, the glory of, of your, the goodness of your creation that we have so many opportunities to observe in so many different ways. And so God, help us to... Um, to, to look up and to see how you're moving and how you're worthy of praise each day in our life. God, help us to um, pay attention to the gratitude that we have in our hearts because of who you are and what you've done. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.